everyone. You're listening to Ed Young Radio, Ed Pastors Fellowship Church, and we want to thank you for listening with us. These next few minutes together can change your life, and you can always hear more by visiting edyoung.com. Enjoy the message. So I'm feeling good about today because uh, I, I married, as you know, and I don't say this just casually or flippantly, way over my head. So I married no, way it's not over true. my no, no, no. head. That's the way. But, but Lisa goes. and I decided today to to talk a little bit about marriage and the family, and we thought it was fitting because of this dedication and, and, and during this time of year when you know you got the holidays and you have the in-laws and outlaws and 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 it can be a very stressful time. But it's good to sort of reset and recalibrate and remember why we do what we do. I was telling Lisa as I was preparing for this talk, as we were sharing a little bit about what we're gonna say today, now and then, and you probably had this happen to you as well, now and then um, I'll ask someone, I'll go, hey, how you doing? And most people will say, I'm doing great. Or the common word now is, I'm busy. It used to be I'm great, now I'm busy. Well, I'll sometimes follow that up, Lisa, and I'll go, well, okay, you're busy, are you doing great? Well, what all have you been doing, I ask. And invariably, I've heard this response, you have two, they'll say, what have I been doing? Uh, This and that. This and that. Have you ever thought about that? What is this and that? What, What does that mean, this? And that, I mean, it means you're doing, you know, some stuff that you probably don't want to talk about. It means maybe you're not doing that much. But if you think about the phrase, Lisa, the phrase is very powerful, this and that. I, I looked it up. This refers to something that's immediate, like, like, like now, the present, whereas that is more of the future, this and that. And as, as, as we've been reading through the, the Bible, I mean, the Bible, I can argue, is about this and that. I have loved reading through the chronological Bible, and I personally am planning to do it again next year because I'm the type of person that if I watch a movie, I need to see it three times to really catch everything. Well, I don't think I could read the Bible enough to catch everything. I won't know that until I get to heaven. But it is a book of this and that. And throughout the pages, we see yeah. that... Individuals did this or that. That. And God basically says, if you do this, I'll do that. But if you don't do this, I'm not going to do that. And our culture, Lisa, promises a lot of that to us, you know, from a a secular perspective. If, If you have this amount of money or if you have this, this many followers, or, or if you do this in the business world, then you'll have that. And some of that's true, no doubt, but once you get to the that, you know, away from God, you're like, what is that anyway? I mean, yeah. that's not all of that. That's right. Are you feeling me? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We're speaking from experience. Yeah, I mean, we are. Because anytime we've focused on something away from God, set apart from God, it's always disappointing. Only in Christ and only in seeking after God do we find ourselves celebrating the that. No doubt. And you know, the, the enemy will, will come to you and me, and, and you can go all the way back to the book of Genesis. He, he pretty much had a this and that for Adam and Eve. 
He said, Adam and Eve, you know, if you do this, then, oh yeah, you're going to have that. Well, they did this. They, they pretty much, I like this phrase. They, they, they did the diss with God's this. And because they sinned, they, 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 they fall flat on that. Oh, that's good. I like that. You've this never, this. you've never enjoyed rhyming. I'm no, just I don't. I don't enjoy rhyming. I think, I think it's of the devil, but <laughs> now and then, now you, and then no. I, I will rhyme. But, but Lisa, this and that though, to, to, to kind of segue into, obviously we're talking about scripture, but this and that refers a lot. I mean, in, in God's economy to the family and, and, and what the family is and what the family can be. And, and we have that responsibility, don't we, to, to uh, put our trust and faith in Jesus. That's the, this. God says, if you do this, Ed, you can have that. I'm going to have forgiveness of sins. My life will be power washed. I'll have a home in heaven. I'll have a purpose. It doesn't mean that everything is hunky-dory. The Bible says that we're going to suffer too. Yeah. Yeah. And actually, I love that you brought up the garden because if you think about when Adam and Eve were in the garden and God had provided everything that they could possibly need, the focus was on him. He had given them the garden. He entrusted them with it. But Satan came in and he caused them to do something. And I I read this week that, you know, it's interesting that Satan did not say, go murder someone, go steal from someone. No, he said, doubt the plan of God. So the this in my life Mm -hmm. is to trust the plan of God in every single thing that I do. And as a parent, especially not only in my relationship with my children, my relationship with my spouse, but especially in leading them to trust the plan of God. Mm -hmm. And that's the this that we need to focus on. Yes, it is. If you, if you take this, I mean, I don't want to wear this phrase out too much, but if you take this and that, pretty much our entire culture is built on that. Every covenant, every contract, every commitment, every purchase, you know, you do this or you, you, you bring this to the table, then you're going to have that. But as we go through God's word, we see this and that in the garden. We see this and that when it relates to his people. You know, God said to, to, to the Jews, hey, you do this and, and you'll, you'll get that. I'll do that. And Judges, they struggle with that. You know, the judges, the prophets. And of course, Jesus talked about that time and time again. And then the apostles talked about that. Now, Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, this is like the ultimate this and that. He said, you, you go ahead and read it. You're, okay. you're a better reader. Matthew six thirty-three: seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things, not some of these things, not a few of these things, not a piece of these things, but all of these things will be added to you. Powerful. Oh, first, Powerful. Mean, that's, we've uh, written on this subject and talked about it for a lot, a lot of time and, and, and a lot of times, but you know, this verse is about priority, no doubt about it. Priorities are great. It's great to think about your priorities, but the priorities, Lisa, are already settled in this book about marriage, about family. I mean, all of these beautiful families who are up there, it's not like they have to wonder like, man, I wonder what I should put here and what I should put there. I mean, it's settled. It is settled. And it's interesting too, that we, we have so many options. We have so many choices in our culture today that distract us from the 
trusting God and trusting his plan. If you look at the children of Israel, God's people, his chosen people, as they were enslaved in Egypt, God provided a way for them to be released and to be freed and they escaped slavery. And as they were journeying out into the wilderness, God appeared in the form of a cloud. And that's how he led them through the wilderness. And, it, and the children of Israel followed the cloud, followed the cloud, but they got distracted. They took their eyes off of God's directions and God's directives and decided that they would take things onto their own hands. And, and it talks a lot. In fact, our reading today, Paul reminds us of this in, uh, I think it's 1 Corinthians. He says, you know, they started worshiping idols. And that sounds like, oh, well, I would never do that because, you know, an idol is this little gold statue. It's something that I make out of my own hands and I worship and apart from God. But when the children of Israel were distracted, they worshiped idols. We become distracted when we put our eyes on other things, not necessarily gold statues, but other things in our culture, perhaps it's our schedules, as you're talking about the priorities, maybe it's committing to things that take us away from the house of God. Maybe it's um, putting emphasis on sports or, or dance or some other thing for our children as opposed to teaching them the plans of God and to love the house of God. And, and I'm not trying to bash any of those things because they're all well and good, but when they take the place of God, and you quit looking at the cloud that he was appearing and directing in, and I'm using that as an illustration, then those things That's become good. like little gold statues. So we have to keep this intact, this teaching and training our children how to love God and follow after his plan. Brilliant. Brilliant. You have the priorities and priorities, I like the word, the word prior in it. We, we, we set those, it's advanced planning. And God has set those in stone. So, so many times though in our lives, Lisa, as you mentioned, the good stuff, and this is nothing original, can also be an enemy of the best. The, the superfluous can really whack the significant. And if you study priorities for very long, all of us, I mean, most of us here who are Christ followers, we go, okay, I agree, God. I, I, wanna, I wanna put my this on your this, I've got it, you know, God and my relationship with, with, with you, Lord, and marriage number two, family, we would, we would be all down with that. However, we can start to so focus on other commitments, which many are good. Yes, Athletics, yes. good sports are great, School. you know, going hunting, especially fishing, all sorts of things. <laughs> Whether it's working out or whatever it is, those are good things. Yes. They're not bad. But we have to constantly readjust, constantly reboot. And you're talking about the real reset. It's right here, Matthew 6, 33. I want to seek you, God, first. Yes. And, and that's the priority. And then God's plan, seek first the kingdom of God. Now, now what, what is, people sometimes say the kingdom of God. What, what is the kingdom of God? Basically, the kingdom of God is the sovereign rule and reign of God cosmically and also individually. When we become followers of Christ, 
We're part of the kingdom of God, and we're gonna get into also, we're part of the family of God. And I love, though, the provision of God, the last part of this verse. It says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Okay, God says, you do this, and I'll do that. All these things will be added to you. In other words, confidence, perseverance, commitment, courage, endurance, courage, all of those things. Yep. yep, all of those things are added to us. And it comes back to, it's not that I do this so that I can get God to do that. Oh, that's great. I do this because I trust in God's that. So oh, whatever yeah. those things are that are added, those are gonna be God's choices for me. Not my choice for me because I will always fall short. I'm gonna shortchange myself with my choices. God will never shortchange me. Mm-hmm. He will never shortchange you as a believer. He knows what must be added and we trust him in that. You know, Lisa, in our readings, we've gone through Matthew 6, of course, and then also we're gonna face the book of Ephesians and, and, and I, I love this Ephesians equation because it's, again, about this and that. But basically, it highlights and underscores, once again, what is the most significant in our lives. And, and the first, I'll go through Ephesians 4, 5, and 6. I'm not going to read the whole chapter. I mean, Don't gonna, panic. He's dying the whole four, thing. No, Ephesians 4 is basically about walking with God, that, that God is God, we're not, and it's an individual choice with our free will that we make, we trust God, we put faith in the Lord Jesus, that's the this, and then God will do that. As I said earlier, home in heaven, forgiveness of sins, power in the midst of, of weakness, a clear conscience. So it starts then, with God. Yes, and then in Ephesians 5, he teaches us about marriage, and specifically about the role of the husband and the wife. And within that, he talks about the fact that this covenant of marriage reflects his covenant with us. And so he teaches us those things that are the priorities of loving and caring and submitting and being a, a sacrificial leader within the marriage. Marriage is, Lisa, the main thing and, you know, it never says, the Bible never tells us to love, you know, our, our, our spouse like we love our kids. It, it, it never says to love our kids like Christ loved the church. It says to... Love your spouse as Christ loved the church. And what was that? That was a sacrificial love. But I'm excited because coming up in the spring... We are focusing on marriage in new and creative ways. I think we're doing, I would say, the greatest marriage initiative in the history of Fellowship Church beginning sort of at that the first of spring, the first of the new year. Yes, so we will be hosting the XO Marriage Conference, which is going to be um, revolutionary, I got yeah, I it, guess. Yeah, this, this, this conference is, is the largest marriage conference like anywhere, and it will be shown in several hundred churches around the world. Of course, there's just some uh, amazing presenters there. Dave and Ashley Willis, of course, led by um, Jimmy Evans, just a wonderful, wonderful guy. He and Karen, they're great, great people. You've probably heard before of Mark Driscoll. I've known Mark since the Vietnam War, and, and it's going to be it's, 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 going to be, it's going to be a lot of fun. But from there, too, we're launching many other marriage initiatives from this conference. Right. From, from different stages and ages of marriage. For example, let's say you're thinking about getting married. 
Should you get married? Is this person the one? We're going to have a group and a class for you. Or what should I look for in a spouse? I'm single. I'm dating. Is this dating thing even serious? Oh, you better believe it's serious because you date to find your mate. That's true. And so those will be the types of things. But one of the things that and then marriage difficulties. We're talking about oh, marriage on the rocks. Uh, We're talking about blended families. Blended families. We'll have groups for those. We'll have groups for those who've been married like you and me, only 40 years. Yeah, so <laughs> only. Um, so marriage, of course. And then Ephesians 6 goes into parenting, how to rear your children. As I watch these families come by, and I know that there's many families represented in our audience in all of our different locations, I'm reminded that this is such a beautiful uh, event to some people. Yes. It's an event. But truly, it's an experience. It's a launching pad for us to commit as parents, as families, to do life this way, seeking first the kingdom of God. What these parents just committed to and what we as a church have committed to is so very serious. So I hope you're not just sitting here thinking, oh, how cute, it's baby dedication. Didn't those families look cute? Didn't they have their children dressed well? Oh, those names were so creative, whatever. That's not what it's about. That's right. This is not about the here and the now, although that is important. It's about what's out there, the that that will take place in their lives. And there will be many things that parents face along their parenting journey. Some that you just go, oh, that was amazing. And others that you go, oh, I cannot believe that happened. But God, when we do this, he will do that. He will give us the courage. He will equip us when we think we don't have what it takes to persevere. He will guide us and direct us and even stand beside us, within us, to give us the comfort that we need in every situation of this thing called life, this thing called family, this thing called parenting. Mm -hmm. And Lisa, too, you have to fight. I mean, all these these families, when, when, when you have a family, when you get married, especially when you have a little one, it, it, it's, a, it's a fight, but it's a fight worth fighting because we're fighting from the victory. That's right. And marriage though, Lisa, to keep marriage as the most important thing, marriage being primary, the kids being secondary, not that we wouldn't give our lives for our kids, but, but that's, that's just a, 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 to me, a, a major sea change that needs to happen in many, many families. Yeah. So what are the priorities for us as parents? What are the priorities for us as family members? Because I know that aunts Mm -hmm. and uncles and brothers and sisters, they lean in to help make this happen. There's no uh, part of the puzzle that goes um, unneeded, if you will. So what is the first and foremost priority? It's to introduce our children to Jesus Christ. That's it. So when I'm going through all the priorities in my life, I have to think, okay, you know, maybe I've got these little baskets up here and I've got this and these are some commitments and these are some commitments and these are some commitments, but how do those things lead to my number one goal as a parent? You know, do they help create the environment 
that I can see my children be led into a relationship with Jesus Christ. Now, I've heard some parents say that they want their children to grow up making independent decisions, and I think that is so good. We want our children to be able to make judgment calls. We want them to be able to see things and discern. But leading them into a relationship with Jesus Christ is not something to apologize for. I know what it means to have a relationship with Christ, Ed does, and I know that my life would have crumbled and fallen apart many times over if it were not for that presence of Jesus in my life. Exactly. So just as I'm not going to take my children to a busy street and say, oh, well, you decide if you can cross the street right now. <laughs> I'm not gonna do that. That's great. I'm not. And in the same way, I'm gonna direct them to the safest, most beautiful relationship that they will ever have in their entire lives, unapologetically. Yes. And Lisa, a part of that, as we introduce them to Christ too, then we applaud their uniqueness yes. and, and, and gifts that everyone has. I mean, the Bible talks about the unique gifts that all of us have. And then I think another thing, if you're keeping score, the third thing I would say is to lean in to the family of God. As, as we've been saying, as we've been learning, when we're born again, we're born into the family of God. We have a physical birthday, we have to have that spiritual birthday, and our families on earth should be reflective of our heavenly family. And of course, think about just the, 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 the vibe of God the Father, God the Son, the church being the, the, the bride, Jesus being the bridegroom. Which is exactly why as a church, we made a commitment today. We made a commitment right. to partner with these families because alone it's difficult, but when we have the family of God, the body of Christ, we can successfully face anything that comes before us. And I'm just so thankful for a place that provides not only preschool teaching that reflects right. that, FC Kids that reflects it, but the mixed student ministry. And as a parent, if you haven't tapped into this resource, there is a gold mine standing beside yes. you and you're just maybe glancing by, I would say invest. It is something strong and powerful that can transform the life of your family by being a part of the body of Christ. The family is a this and that entity. The Bible is a book about this and that. And if you just consider what Jesus did on the cross as he died on Calvary for our iniquities, for our sins, when he rose again, he said, that's that, didn't he? So it's our prayer today that you would put your this, your faith, your trust in Jesus and the things of God because the promises of God, the that are absolutely phenomenal. Thank you for listening and thanks to all who give so generously to this ministry. It's because of you that we can continue this show and equip people with the hope of heaven. You can click the link in the description to support the show or visit edyoung.com. There you can also be resourced with bonus content for free, including a daily devotional. We also encourage you to share the message today with those around you. Thank you again for listening. God bless.